You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hello, everyone. It is Pierce, host of the PJ's Cast. And if you enjoy listening to the PJ's Cast as much as we do recording it, please leave a positive review, subscribe, and share with friends no matter what platform you may be on. We love discussing the Chicago Blackhawks and, of course, the game of hockey. But we want to reach this out to a wider audience. And doing all those things really help us out. So once again, if you enjoy the PJ's Cast, please leave a positive review, subscribe, and share with friends. And I hope you guys enjoyed the upcoming podcast episode. Welcome everyone to the PJ's cast. I'm your host, Pierce Strong, alongside Jimmy. And uh, this is our last podcast episode before our huge live stream on Monday for the trade deadline. Um, so the Blackhawks just lost 5-1. to one. We started recording like maybe 10 minutes after the game and did not go to all 5-1 loss. And um, take a look at the standings now. Uh, Nashville is four points ahead of uh, Chicago. Well, technically they have the tiebreaker, so that's five points that uh, the Blackhawks are behind Nashville. So do you think the Blackhawks are done for this year? Like, do you think there's no chance for them to get back into this, the to a potential playoff spot? I really want to die right now. Um, I think we uh, all feel the same. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Um, no, I, I mean, I've been um I've been a bit uh, on and off in terms of how I feel about their playoff chances, which I think makes sense with how they've been on and off in terms of their efforts and uh, really just their I mean their record. Uh, it seems that um, I don't know. It, 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 clearly, they've been on and off in terms of uh, wins and losses. But uh, my our our good pal Schmitty put it very well. Um, Kind of a Jekyll and Hyde team right now. You just don't know what you're going to get night in, night out. So um, right now, I, I I feel like I can't, I can't really say how I feel for sure, but um, I'd say even without tonight's loss, I, I just kind of feel like Nashville's going to pull it off. I mean, UC Soros is, uh, gosh, uh, to quote uh, Urinating Tree, that's going to be a really very uh, awful YouTuber to quote with that name unless anyone knows who that is. But uh, 
UC Saros is too good right now. He's just too good right now. So uh, that coupled with the fact that the Predators are just kind of finding their game, uh, despite the fact that John Hines is their coach, uh, noted too short coach. Um, yeah, I just, I don't know. I, I can't really in... I, I can't really say that I think the Hawks are going to make the playoffs and really feel like I'm being intellectually honest about it, you know? Like, I want them to. That'd be great. I think while I would like them to get a high pick, I think it'd be better for the team's um, just kind of their confidence overall to make the playoffs. But I, I just don't see it happening long term. It'd be nice. It'd be nice. But, uh, I mean, until Brett Connolly comes here and scores a goal per game, uh, I just don't see it happening. Hey, we can't forget uh, Riley Stillman as well. Riley Stillman, the man who punches people. Um, so Nashville is eleven and two in their past thirteen games. The Blackhawks are five and eleven in their past sixteen games, and I think that uh, tells, tells everything. Story. Yeah, that tells everything right there. Nashville is trending in the right direction at the right time, and the Blackhawks are trending <sighs> down at the worst possible time. And um, the the fact that they were even kind of in the race for as long as they were is impressive, but uh, it's clear that this team is just not good enough. There's still a lot of growing to be done. Like um, there's still a lot of promise with this team, but you look at the defensemen guys like Ian Mitchell, Nicholas Bowden, they still need a little bit more. They need to get adjusted to this grind of the NHL season because there's a lot of games compressed into such a small uh, time frame, but um, I think this is valuable experience for the team. You probably won't get a high end draft <laughs> pick, but I think if there was a year to do that, it would be this year, just because the draft really isn't that great. Yeah. But uh, yeah, um, I think it's honestly Dallas. I feel has a better chance at the playoffs than uh, Chicago does right now. But uh, I don't know, man. The way Nashville's trending right now, I think. Uh, I think they got that four spot. It's really just a matter of who finishes one, two, and three in that uh, that central division. But uh, you look at it now, Columbus is 15, 19, and eight. They're out. And Detroit, I think, right from the beginning was out of the playoffs. And uh, they only have 32 <laughs> points in 42 games. But, uh, a little brutal, but you're not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, uh, we don't want to spend too much time talking about the Hawks. Well, at least their game yeah, play. Yeah, I so. mean, <laughs> you know, it's, it's kind of just... I think really what we have to say and what anyone has to say right now is just kind of what's been said before. Again, like just, again, Jekyll and Hyde team uh, trending in the wrong direction. And again, like we've been saying, it'd be great if they made the playoffs, but it just doesn't look likely. It just isn't likely. And I mean, that's fine. That's fine. But it's just what it is. Yeah, everyone was penciling them and for maybe a potential last place uh, finish battling with teams like Detroit and Ottawa. But uh, the fact they, again, like I brought this up, that they're in a, that playoff spot for that long and were competitive for that long is quite impressive. But it's just clear that they don't have the team to get it done this year. But uh, at the same time, there's a lot to look forward to. And what they need to focus forward to is on the trade deadline, getting rid of some of their players, such as Matias Yamark and Carlos Rodberg, and get some assets back. They already made a move today, so do you want to get into that? Yeah, absolutely. I also want to say just for anybody who hasn't heard about it, because uh, it was a bit, it was a bit quieter than um, most reports have been in terms of uh, trade talks. But Nikita Zadorov is currently, um, I forget who exactly put this out there, but uh, Nikita Zadorov is uh, trade bait at the moment. He's, he's yeah, he's on the block. TSN trade board. Trade yeah. board, and I think he's in the top twenty or something like that. Yeah, and he's uh, his asking price from Stan Bowman is a first round pick. The Winnipeg Jets have inquired about him, so. 
Uh, just something to keep in mind as a Blackhawks fan. Really, um, I actually didn't know that. Oh, really? okay, man. What a what a kind co-host I have. That's just <laughs> wonderful. Real supportive no, Canadian. No, no, I'm not. I'm not like being facetious. I didn't know that. Oh. <laughs> oh, oh. I was, and I'm and I'm I assuming you told you're me about this. <laughs> oh no. And I'm assuming you're not being facetious either. So. <laughs> oh, never. No. All right. So Only ironically. Um, but yeah, a big trade today. I'm sure everyone's heard about it. Um, at least any Blackhawks fan. Uh, Brett Connolly and Riley Stillman, along with Henrik Borgstrom as well, go to the Blackhawks in exchange for hey, Lucas you Carlson. That seventh round pick, which was obviously oh, what was holding the trade up. You're right. Yeah, the trade. Oh man, it was about an hour. I think. <laughs> yeah, it was almost to go hour. through. Yeah, I'm sure the seventh round, seventh round pick was the thing holding it up. Absolutely. But uh, Lucas Carlson and oh man. You know who it is, Luke, Lucas Carlson and uh, Lucas Walmart. Lucas, Lucas Walmart. Time too. You might even yeah, call that I, two kiss. Um, <laughs> moving on from that. Uh, <laughs> I know that was horrible. Give me all your Swedish Lucases. Yeah, I haven't. I haven't heard his name in God knows how long. So I just <laughs> took me a minute to dig it out of my brain. But yes, Lucas Carlson and Lucas Walmart from the Blackhawks to the Panthers. So. Uh, of course, the first thing you look at this, the biggest piece, the most known piece would be uh, Brett Connolly, uh, noted Stanley Cup champion and leadership haver, uh, Former noted winner. Former pick by the Tampa Bay Lightning in 2010. Yeah, yeah, that is, yeah, one of Steve Eiserman's uh, weird first round picks, but. Uh, he also picked Tony D'Angelo, I mean, even Eiserman isn't perfect, so. Yikes, oh, I Forgot that was him, but uh, uh that's a uh, that's a whole other can of worms. So yeah, straight. Yeah, moving on from that name. Uh, yeah, no, Brett Connolly, the biggest part of this trade. Um, right away, that's a you know you see it as a cap dump for uh for Florida, and you know that's something the Hawks have uh, they've talked about the fact that they want to utilize cap space, and so this is an example of them doing that. You know, Florida, a team that wants cap space, and uh, Lozito, a guy who definitely wants to get out from under that contract uh, left for him by the uh, oh so wonderful Dale Talon. Well, obviously, he won the Blackhawks three cups, and he drafted Taysom Kane. So he you're must right. Be I, I cannot. You're absolutely right. I cannot. It's not cannot. like, it's so not like it's they were shooing yes. picks or anything. I mean, that was just smart uh, decisions by him. Yeah, you know, a good GM. A good GM to me is one who forgets to uh, do his paperwork. But uh, yeah, so it's it seems a cap dump. Is well, is it should it is a cap dump? But I think that the Hawks can turn this into something more. Um, Brett Connolly has been uh, pretty bad this year, to say the least. Uh, two Which goals, is kind of surprising course. considering how well Florida has played. Right, right. And he scored 19 goals in a shortened season last year. You know, he wasn't aw- he wasn't That's great, but he was not awful. Yeah. You know, finish the year, he definitely hits 20. Maybe he gets a, few, a couple more in there. Or a few. Who knows? He's a streaky scorer. Um, but, yeah, two goals, two assists, and I believe 21 games this year. Um, I believe he's only produced 16 shots, which is... That's tough. For a shooter like him, yeah, that's uh, yeah, tough to say the least. Um, but And this is me being an optimist. Absolutely me being an optimist. But Hashtag optimist, I, Jimmy. Yeah, absolutely, because I do think that there's something... I think that they can get something out of him. I do think so. Uh, I think that him being a fast player, a bit of a streaky scorer, um, I think that he kind of fits into this system pretty well. Um, Blackhawks power play is very good with very good personnel, but they've been just they've run dry as of late. And you almost wonder if a guy like Connolly can uh, maybe 
maybe you know give them a bit of a shot in the arm that they need. He'd be perfect in that. Oh, oh, I just thought this now. I mean, you want a bumper on that power play? There you go. Well, you're thinking of that. I was thinking about Optimus Jimmy, and I just turned that into Optimist. I think Actually, that's the podcast title. I think that yeah, that's that's pretty good. I like that because that's exactly what I'm going for here. I really, I, I don't know, man. I'm not a huge Brett Connolly fan or anything, but I don't know. I, I just think that he's one of those guys who really fits in the Colton system. It's a speedy offensive system that lets you utilize your offensive skill. It it utilizes skill. You know, in, in uh, Quinville's system, I'm not saying that he doesn't like to use skilled players. I mean, you know, he's <laughs> look at the guys he had through the uh, Hawks Cup runs and look at Jonathan Huberto just lighting up worlds with Alexander Barkov right now. He, he doesn't not know. Yeah, I was I was just thinking, yeah, and Anthony Duclair even though. I mean, you know, it's not that he he can't do that, but I just think that Brett Connolly doesn't exactly fit his system. Connolly is an offense first and almost offense only kind of player. And that's not really a guy that fits into Quinville's system unless you're Patrick Kane, and that is a very specific player. So I, I think Connolly or Tony Panarin. You have to be incredibly skilled. Yeah, you have to be other like world class kind of skilled, hard caliber skilled. Yeah, so I think Brett Connolly. I I can't imagine that this is any worse of a fit for him. Um, obviously not as good of a team, but when it comes to the offensive side of the puck, I I think this is perfect for him. We saw Vinny Hinnestroza come right over and just right away and assist last game. Games, and assist. Though really the only bright spot of this team so far. Like yeah, for the past oh, couple of dude, his entries are beautiful. It's like just a beautiful change of pace for this team. And I really hope that, I don't know, I can always hope that they'll do a little bit less dump and chase, but I, I really think, you know, Brett Connolly, I'm not sure he's the fastest skater anymore, but... Uh, oh, no, I think he's lost a step. Definitely. Yeah, but he definitely isn't a bad skater, per se, from from all I've seen. Um, hopefully I'm right about that, but uh, either way, I definitely think that his... Uh, you know, his goal scoring is, you know, his scoring first, his goal scoring mentality. Um, I think that definitely, uh, I think that definitely fits into this team. I always said mentality and not skill as if like <laughs> my thought to score is what's going to set me apart from other players. He just really wants to score. You see, that's why he's good. That's why he got drafted sixth overall in mm-hmm. 2010. You know, um, uh, his skill, his skill average, his want to score. No, that's what I'm talking about. No, that's a different story. Yeah, he wants it more than everybody he just, else. He just wants it more than everyone else. Wait, yeah. no, hold up. This reminds me of one of my favorite quotes of all time. This was probably at one of the lowest points of John Tortorella's uh, stock at all in his uh, NHL coaching career. It was I'm the like, World geez. Cup of Hockey when um, USA had lost. I forget who they lost to. And Probably like Team Europe or something. <laughs> yeah, and someone Remember was, that. People were criticizing... Justin Applicator being on that team, and he says, like, he's something about, like, you can criticize them all you want. They have more heart than anybody else out there. I wonder <laughs> if they'll like, say, sorry, I wonder if they'll say the same about Luke Lindenning in 2022. Dear God, don't, don't <laughs> put that evil on me. It was, and I remember seeing a tweet, and someone said, yeah, I don't care how much more he wants than anybody else. I'm pretty sure Phil Kessel can do it better than him not giving a shit. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Phil Kessel is basically, like, for the past decade, he's been better than a lot of players. Well, not Phil kidding. Kessel has, for the last decade, cared less than anybody else. And has been better than most. Like, our discussion last episode should have had a Conn Smythe in 2016. Yeah. But uh, anyways, yeah, so uh, 
I want to hear what you think, though, about uh, the other pieces in the in this trade, specifically Henrik Borgstrom. Yeah, so I'll go through Brett Connolly. So Brett Connolly is like the main quote-unquote cap dump, and I can see from Florida's end you want to clear up space, and you look at their team, like we bring up the pieces like Huberto, Barkov, or Hagee have been incredible this year, and unfortunately they lost Aaron Ekblad, but you still have a great defenseman in Mackenzie Wieger and Iod, but I'd imagine that they're going to add a bit more with uh, clearing up this cap space, and uh, Brett, moving Brett Connolly to Chicago allows them to do that. Maybe they could be on Taylor Hall or a defenseman like uh, David Savard, I don't know, but uh, from Chicago's end of things, uh, Brett Connolly, um, I don't know if he's going to be anything too special with the Blackhawks. Best case scenario, he's someone who can put maybe up 20 goals, 15 or 20 goals, and say a full 82 game regular season. But uh, at worst, maybe they uh, buy him out or he gets uh, claimed by Seattle. And uh, the one thing that kind of stood out to me was the fact that uh, his contract ends in 2023 and not 2022. Because when you look at 2022, um, a lot of contracts up are up. Um, I believe it's Doc, Bokefist, and Debrinkit's contracts are up. I'm not sure if Taves and Kane's contracts are up that year. I'm pretty sure it's in 2023. But uh, you have to sign Kirby Dak and Adam Bokefist to... Uh, they're, they're going to be RFAs. You're going to have to sign the deals. I don't know how much it's going to be, but uh, you're still going to have Brett Connolly on for one more year at $3.5 million. And I'm just wondering how that's going to affect affect the the cap space. I don't think it should be that huge of a deal. They probably could buy him out, but uh, I think Riley Stillman, I don't think he's going to be much, maybe a bottom pairing guy, but obviously the main uh, piece of the straight is the seventh round pick now, but uh, Henrik Borgstrom, um, former first round pick in 2016, uh, big guy, six foot three, uh, 200 pound center. Um, I believe in his draft here, he was an overager, but he was just that impressive that he went back in the first round as an overager. Let me say, uh, yeah, not a big guy, but a tall guy, <laughs> very tall, tall. not very big. Well, yeah, he's 6'3", 198 pounds. That's about average. Um, So, in his draft plus one year, he had 43 points in 37 games with for the University of Denver NCAA, which is where uh, Ian Mitchell played, but I play, believe they uh, crossed fast. Actually, yes, they did in 2017-18, so there's some familiarity yes, there. And the second year... Yo, they... works for Mitchell D-pairing? Oh, hell yeah, dude. No, got to get that Stillman... Uh... Stillman Mitchell, obviously. Um, University of Denver, in the second year at the University of Denver, he had 52 points, 40 games, pretty damn good. But uh, this is where it kind of, he starts to struggle. Even though he had 22 points in 24 games with uh, Springfield Thunderbirds, which is the Florida Panthers affiliate team, and 18 points in 50 games is not terrible, but uh, it's not like he ever took a step. And then you take a look at 2019-20, this is where he really struggled. Only four games with Florida, and then only 23 points in 49 games with Springfield. So clearly things were not working out for Borgstrom in uh, Florida. So, I mean, Chicago just always seems like the team that takes on ch- chances with former first-round picks. It's worked with guys like Dylan Strom, and they're hoping they can strike again with Henrik Borgstrom. <laughs> Borgstrom and you have to wonder if Henrik Borgstrom uh works out if Dylan Strom is out the door because obviously you got Kirby Dak uh Jonathan Tapes hopefully will be back but uh if Henrik Borgstrom can reach his full potential that might be a second line center there I just want to hear what you think about that no I uh I'm a big fan of this um I don't think 
a lot of people are saying that he was buried in Florida. I don't think that's necessarily the case. Um, I think it's more so uh, a lot like the Dylan Strome uh, situation, just the case of a player just not working out in an organization. Because he's had chances. We saw he played 50 games, um, maybe not the most ice time. I don't know how he was utilized. You know, some of that can, you know, the average can be from, you know, playing first five minutes to low minutes. He averaged around, I believe, 12, 14, which is... That's not much. Like, he was definitely not getting top six minutes, maybe not even third line So That's not a lot of time. I, I mean, fair. I just, I don't know. I just feel that maybe... I don't know. I don't think that he was necessarily misused as much as maybe... I don't know. I mean, sometimes these guys, they get top six minutes and then they are demoted because it didn't work out. So I don't know, you know, I don't know the entire story. Um, but uh, I can say that uh, I definitely think that he's got a better chance here in Chicago. I think he's in a system that definitely suits, uh, you know, his skilled style much, much more. Um, I mean, I <laughs> I can say I was a huge fan of him watching his uh, highlights a couple of years ago. I remember... Uh, I remember trying to find Mitchell highlights and, and coming across him because he's just one of those guys you uh, you couldn't really miss because he was, you know, it felt like every every play that Denver made, he was in on it. So um, I'm, I'm a huge fan, you know. I, I really like the move. I think that, uh, again, I think he fits this system perfectly, and I really do I really do think he has a chance to uh, be a, a top six player. I don't think that this is a guy who... If he, you know, if he improves, if he finds his potential, that's not a third line guy. That's a top six guy. And if he could be a second line center for this team going forward, I mean, that's perfect. I, I think he's got all the potential in the world. Or I should say, we all know he does, but I really think that there's a good chance that he can, uh, he can get there with Colton. I think and I've said it before. This is a, this is one of the best places you could be if you're a young player looking to find your game again or looking to find your game at all in the NHL. So I think that Borksham is perfect for this. Definitely. And he gets to play with uh, Patrick Kane, probably. That's usually nice. That's not bad. Or Alex Debrinkit or Dominic Kubalik. It's it's not the worst place to not at all. rehab your career. But uh, in 27 games with IHFK in the Finnish League, he has 11 <clears throat> goals, 27 games for and 19 points. So not uh, like going to blow like blow your uh your mind or anything but uh not going to blow your socks off yeah not going to blow your socks off but 11 goals in 27 games in a pro league is not uh nothing to scoff at and uh i believe the interesting thing with him is that he is eligible for this draft i don't know how i'm pretty because he hasn't met the game (laughs) requirement or something like that but you have to think they they do protect him so for sure um and i have to say as well um HIFK, do you know what kind of minutes he's playing there? Dude, like, I have no idea. Yeah, I'd have to look into that because HIFK, they're they're a pretty damn good team. I I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if he's getting lower minutes there. Yeah, um, on H- HIFK, you got guys like Anton Lundell, so he <clears throat> might be playing in the uh, bottom or not in the bottom six. Maybe he might have a second uh, line role. That seems about uh, on par when you take a look at his stats. I don't know the ice time, but uh, sure. I would imagine he's getting second line ice time. And those kind of yeah. statistics aren't bad if you're getting that kind of ice time. No, so, not at all. Um, I was kind of meh on the move, but then when it, once it kind of settled in, Brett Connolly could probably be an effective third-line uh, winger at the best uh, with a power play specialist. Uh, Riley Stillman, I don't see him being much, maybe just a cheap seventh defenseman. And I mean, <laughs> and he punches over, people. I mean, he does? does that. He does, yeah. He looked, oh, that's, <laughs> I looked yeah. up Riley Stillman and... Uh, Got about 15 hockey fights videos in a row. 
That's that's really all I know about the guy. I Plus, he uh, he's son of Corey Stillman. Yeah, I was, I was just gonna bring them up. I oh, pretty yeah, he's the son of Corey Stillman. Yeah, very good NHLer. Um, and uh, <laughs> we can't forget the biggest piece of the trade, the seventh round pick. I believe that's what was holding ah, the yes. Stam Bowman up for so long. He's like, no, I need that seventh round pick, and hey, you gotta give credit credit to Stam Bowman where it's due. He got that seventh round pick. But in all serious, in all seriousness, oh, oh hey, I got you, buddy. Uh, time on ice per game uh, would be uh, sixteen minutes for um, Anton Lindell. Anton Lindell, what about Henrik Borgstrom? Oh, I'm so dumb. I meant Henrik Borgstrom. <laughs> <laughs> no, Henrik Borgstrom gets uh, on average 16 minutes a game. Okay, so that sounds about like second line ice time or something like that. Yeah, I'd say third, second, yeah. Yeah, middle six, but... Okay, middle six, I feel like, yeah. Yeah, production for that. That's pretty solid. Um, no, no, no. But again, seventh round pick, it might not no. seem like much, but again... Uh, just uh, as many darts as you can throw at the board. I guess just collect mm-hmm. as draft picks as you can. You can never know. On the Florida's end of things, I think we kind of talked about it already. It's mainly just clearing up a cap space and fulfilling their uh, Lucas uh, a need for having as many Lucases as they possibly can. <clears throat> um, Lucas yes. Walmark, uh, he was <laughs> when they signed him. He, I was kind of interested. Like I was pretty excited about it because I thought he would could, could be like a like a third line center who could put up maybe like thirty points in a regular season and like a full eighty two regular game season. I remember in Carolina yeah. there were a couple of years where he had like ten goals, ten assists, and you were thinking maybe he could put up a bit more, but just never really worked out in Chicago. And uh, Lucas Carlson, um, it's it sucks because I still think there is some potential with him, but uh, I don't know if it was going to work in Chicago if he was going to get that uh, that time. So um, I don't know. You feel more strongly about Lucas Carlson, so I just want to hear you from your end of things. No, yeah, he he hasn't um, really impressed me the way he did last uh, last season near the end of the year, um, where I, I saw a couple of games of him in person uh, too. So uh, really, it really solidified my opinion on him uh, from what I had seen. But I just thought he looked fantastic in terms of uh, being very solid defensively and not not even just physically, but uh, a lot of uh, very good stick checking, very aware of every sound. Um, and I think what impressed me the most was uh, just his ability to transition the puck. And that was something this team uh, sorely needed last year. And uh, he hasn't really taken that step this year. Um, I think he has all the potential in the world to be a, you know, a, a, I honestly think he could be a second pairing guy. I don't think he's going to be elite in that role, but I do think he has that potential. Um, and honestly, uh, who better to find that out with uh, than Coach Quinville? Uh, we've seen what he's done with Mackenzie Weger, and uh, I mean, honestly, if I'm the Panthers, uh, I want to get a guy like that with potential to be that, and I want to put him with Coach Quinville. I That's exactly who I want him to be with. So um, I really like that move for Florida in that sense. Um, again, that's probably just me being high on the player, but I, I don't know. I think that it could be really good for them, uh, especially especially when right now you need any help you can get on defense at the moment. And uh like you did say, um, David Savard, definitely someone I would think is uh, Bill Zito's looking at with his uh, his former team. So, uh, yeah, I really like that uh, side of things. Man, man I, if I'm Florida, I really uh, – I would definitely like a Lucas Carlson-David Savard pairing. That would be very nice. Um, Is it fair to say that both teams – like this is a fair trade for both yes, teams? Because yes. I just always feel like we have to <clears throat> crown one team the winner – but I think this is just a good, like, it's over, paper, it's, over yeah. it's cliche, but I think it's a good hockey trade, you know, Chicago. No, it's, it's one of those trades where I, 
obviously in in you know as time goes on we're gonna say you know we'll we'll be able to say there's a winner every trade has that usually every trade has that but I, I, I right away instant reaction on paper i think this is a, just a good hockey trade like you said it is just like i mean the hinnestrosa trade obviously right away he has two assists but brad morrison that's a guy they need ahl depth there you go and hinnestrosa just was not working in florida so you get rid of a guy who wasn't working and uh you uh, you get a guy for your AHL team. So I mean, honestly, I I just kind of see these. This is two hockey trades working out for both sides. But in the long run, it definitely has a potential to be in favor of the Blackhawks just because of Henrik Borgstrom. Because I think that's the main piece of that trade. Like you, like Lucas Carlson, and Lucas Walmark. I think they're fine players. Like I think Lucas Walmark's a good third line center. Carlson. I don't know if he'll be a second pairing, but defensively, but I definitely think he's someone who could consistently be in your bottom pairing. But uh, you look at uh, Sh- Chicago's there, they have like the more wild cards. Brett Connolly could be like a third line uh, power play specialist. And uh, Henrik Borgstrom, if he really fulfills his potential, he could be that second line center. But uh, just looking at it right now, I think it's like just looking what it, at it is right now with nothing uh, really happened since otherwise, like none of the players playing on their new teams, I still think it's like a fair trade. So, um, what would you grade Stan Bowman on this move? I would say, I would say like a, a, a like an, a B minus or or a B plus or A minus. Um, I do like the fact that he took a gamble on someone like Henrik Borgstrom. It would have been nice to get maybe like a higher draft pick in there, but uh, again, you can't uh, fault Stan Bowman for um, going after someone like uh, Henrik Borgstrom. So I just want to hear what your grade for Stan Bowman would be on this trade. Oh man, honestly, uh, I I think it's unfair, or I shouldn't say unfair, but I think it's a bit reactionary to give uh, anything like an A plus, you know, a perfect score. But I honestly, I give him kind of an A A minus. I think that uh, a guy like Connolly, he has the uh, track record and the recent track records where you you might not necessarily get a first round pick uh, for you know taking him back on and it being just a clear cap dump. Maybe we're talking like an Anton Strawman, then you it gets a little bit different, but. Um, I think that with what with the pieces moved and a guy like Connolly who again who can be an effective player for your team maybe becomes trade bait you look at the Seattle expansion draft maybe you can you know maybe you can bait them into taking him if he has a good end of the year you have another guy who's out you know who's uh, exempt from protection you can put next to Dahan and maybe they take Dahan because of that so I think that that part of it you you made a good move for the future there and you also got a guy who can easily like if he works out with Colton and he works out with the system where he very which he very much can that could be your second line maybe not your second line center for sure but could easily be your second line center for the future we've said it a million times this kid has all the potential in the world he's absolutely a piece that I uh, could be there for the long run so I think that Right, right off the bat, I give it an A, but this could be an absolute steal in the long run. Definitely. Um, I don't think Florida has any chance to really win this trade. At the very least, I think it's even from just because if Henrik Borgstrom right. doesn't pan out, it's kind of just even. But if Henrik Borgstrom does become good, like that's a good trade for that's a win for the Chicago Blackhawks. But at the same time, you also have to look at, uh, even though it's not the same transaction, yes, they did uh, get rid of uh, Borgstrom to get rid of Connolly's salary cap, but then you look at what they could potentially get, whether that's, again, if that's Taylor Hall or David Savard, it's it's more of a, like a big-picture move for uh, the Florida Panthers, I'd say. 
Well, I love that. I love that it's a big picture move for both teams in different ways, right? You know, like you're yeah. looking at a team like the Hawks who are building towards the future, and for the Panthers, you give yourself with the trade itself. You know, you aren't getting that asset necessarily. You can't say that a Taylor Hall or David Savard. Well, you your can't asset put them is cap trade. space, and you right, have to use exactly. that wisely. Right, and and even you know, even without that being used, you still get two solid players. You know, Lucas Walmart, I'm not sure I'm very high on him. I liked what I saw from him, but I wasn't really wowed in any way. And I'm someone who, uh, you know, like yourself, I really thought he could be a solid third-line center. I thought Colin's system uh, really fit his game, but just didn't seem to work out here. But uh, a guy like Lucas Carlson, I mean, that's just someone who's solid defensively, and it's a guy who I think that uh, Quinville's really going to like. And even if he just plays the way he played here in uh, over in Florida, I mean, you it's just another piece on defense. It's an upgrade for Marley Stillman, absolutely. So, I don't know. I, I think with Florida, I, I think that, uh, yeah, there's not really a way that they win this outright. I don't think there's much of a, a, a way that's possible. But you at least, you, you come out without one of those heavy contracts on your books. And I think that's a win for them. And I think that's really all they can ask for. Yeah, unless like Lucas Carlson becomes the next Nicholas Jalmerson playing under Joel Quinville. <sighs> I was I was talking to my dad about that. I I was like, you know what, like left-handed Swedish defenseman, uh, just a little over uh, well, four, a couple years over Lucas twenty, man. <laughs> Maybe Johnny Oduya. Seriously, man, just yeah, just be a solid defenseman. Just be a solid defenseman. If he's a second pairing guy, that's that's huge. That's great. That's great. So yeah, no. Um, I like so, the trade for both sides. I can't say it enough. Great yeah. hockey trade. So both both these teams have made two moves within like a week. I'm pretty sure. Do within you think days. they? Get, yeah. Do you think they make a third trade together? Uh, not necessarily a direct trade, but do you think that Chicago could get in on a trade that involves Taylor uh, Hall to Florida, where they retain some of his calorie, salary cap? Uh, maybe. Do you hear my cat in the background? Uh, no, I do not. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh, he's doing his eye. Uh, He's doing his nightly 10 o'clock. It's like a, oh my God, I'm trying to think of the word, uh, the term for it. (laughs) Here's a, here's a fun story for everybody listening. So uh, Pierce and I, well, we're not really friends, you know, we're more just, you know, coworkers. We only like to, you know, associate with each other. We really hate each other. We're like John Lennon and Paul McCartney. Yeah, we make this great podcast, but like outside of it, we just hate each other. Like we can't stand each other. Yeah, we're just kind of there. Um, but uh, yeah, so I'll I'll FaceTime him, uh, you know, FaceTime late nights as we always do, you know. Yeah, uh, and then we'll say "fuck you," "ha ha," "I hate you," "you piece of shit." Yeah, yeah, yeah just discussing just the it. podcast as we yeah. just gruel through it. Yeah, just dying to hit the the end button. But uh, every almost every night, uh, I I you will you will crack up laughing because my cat comes downstairs and just starts it howling just over and over and over. <laughs> he wants to go outside. He wants to go outside, but every time he goes out there, he gets his ass kicked by a cat, and he comes in with a scar or a cut, and we're like, yeah, you can't be out there. So now what he does is he protests by, uh, he goes into our living room, and he, uh, yeah, he just yells for about, <laughs> I wouldn't say five minutes straight, it's just on and off for about an hour, he'll just go down and just yell. <laughs> it's, it's the most ridiculous thing in the world, and it, I mean, every time, dude, it's the funniest fucking thing to me. Funny as fucking but thing also to be. clearly be to you because holy yeah. shit, every time that must man, be the most annoying thing to you though. Yeah. Oh, it gets annoying, but it's funny as hell. <laughs> funny as hell. Um, 
Uh, but yeah, that's there's a there's a visual for all you uh, all five of you podcast listeners. Um, it might be generous. I think it's like two or something. Uh, two and a half, maybe. Two and a half. Good day. Two and a half. Um, oh God, where were we? <laughs> I, I asked you the question. Yes, are they uh, going to make think, another trade? Yeah. Do you think they like yeah. Chicago, Taylor Hall goes to Florida and Chicago retains some salary, right. maybe their own pickback? Uh, I think it's more likely that Columbus goes for Savard um, with you know a trade that I don't I don't think they have to have any salary retained to make. Um, don't quote me on that. Uh, but I I mean I could see it definitely clearly Bill Zito. Um, well, I should say first the Hawks and Panthers have always had connections. Of course Bowman and Dale Talon. It's no surprise. But uh, Talon's gone and uh, two trades and within a week clearly uh, the Florida connection is still there. Zito and Bowman. Uh, Clearly having the talks. So, um, yeah, I absolutely uh, – I could absolutely see that happening. Um, yeah, if it's someone with salary retained, I would just – I think it's Taylor Hall. I can't really think of anybody else that they'd uh, be going after who has, um, you know, uh, a heavy definitely cap price. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I would definitely think Taylor Hall. Hey, you get a second-round pick out of that. Why not, you know? Why not? Why yeah. not? Black, hey, then I can get my uh, Blackhawks Taylor Hall jersey. Fine. Oh, hell yeah. Just like how Robin Leonard was like a leaf for two minutes. <laughs> Man, I mean, as great as Jack Campbell has been, that would be uh, I'd like to have him right now. How about that? I mean, I mean, it's not like the Leafs get a lot of coverage, so you know, let's give them some love here. How about oh, Jack God. Campbell? Ten and zero. Yeah, ten and zero. I mean. It's so hard not to hate the Maple Leafs just because it's the Maple Leafs, but man, how do you not feel that story? That's just so. That's so awesome. I literally watched this team. What are you talking about? (laughs) It isn't hard for me. Well, for me, I said it's not hard for me to. uh, Not hard for me to dislike Leafs fans, though. I'll I'll tell you that. Holy shit! I think. I think that I understand how. I think that I understand how much people hate the Leafs because. While I love the team, I loathe the fans. Yeah, that's basically it for me. It's always the fan base that ruins it for me. You know, you look at the team. Jack Campbell, great story. Um, Austin Matthews probably taking over Ovechkin as the best goal scorer in the NHL. It's incredible what he's doing. Mitch Marner has had an incredible bounce back here. And you just, like, look at their lineup. You got John Tavares and William Nylander playing in depth roles. Like, that team is incredible. But then that that goddamn fan base just ruins it for me. Oh, for sure. I mean, honestly... Honestly, it kind of ruins me. Like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't call myself like you know a, a fan fan. Like, that just seems like kind of a, a very strong thing to say. Are you a Leafs casual? I'm a Leafs casual. Like, yeah, honestly, because the Hawks, I'm a diehard fan. Like, I'm a fan of that team. When they lose, I feel that shit, you know. And yeah, I, it, it, you know, I get pissed off when the Leafs, you know, make the mistakes that they do. But it's just not on the same level, you know. It just, it never could be. Um. Casual, I guess. Uh, Matthews fan, boy, um, always. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, b- your biggest goal scorer, biggest, <laughs> biggest goal scorer. The no, biggest. Uh, the biggest. Who's the biggest goal scorer in the NHL? I don't know. Maybe Zidane Charter. Charter when he scores. Leon Dreisaitl, probably the biggest consistent goal scorer. He's thick a beefy boy. boy. He's a thick, thick boy. boy. Yeah, absolutely. Thick no, but uh, yeah, best goal scorer in the NHL right now. Um, you could, I mean, right now, of course, of course, it's Austin Matthews. Uh, and I, I don't think it's hard to say or crazy to say that uh, it's going to be that way but for a while. At the man. same time, don't count Ovechkin out ever. No, no. How many? How, okay, you know what? 
if you want to go on, um, I'm going to check that real quick because that's been an uh, interesting How close story. he is to Wayne Gretzky's uh, goal record? Well, there's that, but um, just how he's he's heated up again as he always does. How many times? How many times have we gone? Ah, you know, he, he's yeah, that, out, He's getting older, and then it's what you know, ten goals in five games. And just, yeah, he's at 19 goals right now, 725 goals career wise. No, he's got uh, actually 20 now. 20 goals right now. Oh, did he score again? I guess so. Well, yeah, even better. Now up to now up to 726, I believe. He's, Wayne Gretzky's goal record is 892, if I am not mistaken. He's been on a slight tear. Uh, if you could. Uh, do a little radio for me. I will uh, add up the numbers here for you. All right. So you want to hear how many goals Wayne Gretzky has scored? Boo, 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 boo. 894 goals. Okay. So it's two goals off. So uh, now that's 726. 894 minus 726 equals 168 goals. So Alex Ovechkin has 168 goals. 9, 10, 11, 12. And uh, to do the little to the. Uh, to do the math for you here. He has 12 goals in his last 15 games. Dumb. Yeah, Dumb. It's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, 13 is last 17. If you want to get a little technical there. So uh, yeah. Oh wow. All right. That's just what he does. That's just what he does. <laughs> in about half is about half the year he scored about a uh, well. I guess it isn't that crazy if you uh, you know if you look at it a little bit uh, a little bit closer, but. He he did kind of slow down for a bit, and just as usual, he picks it back up. He always yeah. does. Russian machine never breaks, man. No, it doesn't. It's no, it does not. it's so comical looking at Wayne Gretzky's stats. Like even I think I've mentioned this multiple times. Even if Wayne, uh, Ovechkin doesn't break Gretzky's goal record, like he's still the greatest goal scorer of all time. I don't even care. Can, how I, many can I put into a perspective how good Wayne Gretzky is? I mean, anybody can. But oh yeah, I'm on a stats page. I'm on a stats page right now. Well, I have a little story, right? Yeah. So the other day, um, you know, my brother Sean, um. Big Shongus. I was Big Shongus. That's yeah. Uh, shout out to our uh, good friend of the podcast, Big Shongus. Good friend of mine. A uh, good friend of mine, uh, born from the uh, same. Hey, one, did uh, you know that the S and PJ's cast now stands for Shongus? Can it actually? Let's do that. <laughs> let's do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's it now do does. It. Screw you, Spencer. Um, yeah. But we or were in the car. Or my cat Stevie. Any of those guys. are going over to the uh, the local promenade in Bolingbrook. Shout out to all my uh, all to all none of my Bolingbrook listeners. Um, and uh, on the way, I was telling him about how uh, just how ridiculously uh, good Connor McDavid has been this year and uh, the pace he's been on points wise, um, which <laughs> is just insane. I think he's on pace for around 150 points <laughs> in a full season. Um, I'm pretty sure he's on pace for 100 points this season. Yeah, yeah, 56 uh, games. Yeah, um, which is pretty good, by the way. Um, he's on pace for 95, but like that's still pretty damn good. And he who knows, still knowing, might hit 100. Knowing, knowing McDavid, he's probably gonna hit 100 because that's just McDavid. Yeah. And so I'm I'm telling him about it, and I said something like, uh, you know, man, he, uh, I, I said something like, you know, it's pretty insane that in in this generation. You know, who knows? Maybe he breaks Gretzky's record, and he goes, "Oh yeah, what's re- uh, Gretzky's point record again?" I went like, I don't know, I think like 160, 180 points or something. I stop, I, I, you know, I pull over. I'm like, hold up, I need to look this up. Go on my phone, uh, and I go, yeah. So that 160, uh, whatever points I was thinking of, uh, that's that was his assist tally that year. 
That's how good Wayne Gretzky is. <laughs> That's how good Wayne Gretzky is. You have Nikita Kucherov, the most points by a Russian player, 127 points in a regular season. Yeah, Wayne Gretzky had more assists in his years, in multiple years. That's how good Wayne Gretzky is. <laughs> it's comical. It's, it's comical. It's just goofy. The only season where he wasn't point per game was his last season in 98-99, but he still had... <laughs> He still had 62 points in 70 games. He like, could have played longer. Oh, he totally have, could have. But Yeah, he just, he was tired of it. Like, dude, imagine being so good that you go, oh, son of a bitch. Like, I, I, I'm just tired, man. Like, I just, like, you're not too bad. Like, you're not too bad to where you have to, you know, you're like, oh, I just can't keep up with the game. It's more like, I'm just, I, I gotta go. Like, I'm just, I'm getting kind of bored of this shit. I have that's some a, that's kind of interesting good. trivia for you. Do you want to hear sure. it? Sure. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. I just want you to take a guess. Who do you think is the second? Who do you think is second in points and scoring for the 1980s? Number one is obviously Wayne Gretzky. Who do you think is number two? Oh, man. 80s. Dennis Savard. No. Uh, and there's some old, there's some old fucker right now listening to this, like... <laughs> That's the fucking fucking kidding me. Al Seckard. Uh, oh, man. Al Seckard. <sighs> really? No, it wasn't. No, it isn't. I was going to say, uh, <laughs> like, that doesn't sound <laughs> no, right. No, no, no. I was like, what stat line oh, did wait. I miss? <laughs> like, um, Mark Messier? No. I'm just going to give you one more guess. Uh, Mike Gardner? No. Get this. Peter Stastny. No fucking way. Yeah. <laughs> One of the most underrated players. I mean, I already knew that, but Jesus. Um, do you know how many points he had in the eighties? Like the exact oh, amount. I, don't, I just I just know I think I heard it on thirty one thoughts that Peter Stastny is the second uh uh leading point scorer in the nineteen eighties. Right, well if you want to fill my radio time, I can uh, I can hashtag crunch the numbers for you if you give me a minute here. So Wayne Gretzky is the only player to reach 200 points. Mario Lemieux was one point off in, I believe he had 199 points one year. And I believe the only other player ever to get 150 plus points is Steve Eiserman. And the thing about Steve Eiserman is, if he did not play in the era of uh, oh, Gretzky, the era. the era, he might be considered like, one the best player of all time maybe or at least close to it like a top 10 player but since he played in an, an, an era with Gretzky and Lemieux still at the top of their games um he got he totally got overshadowed but um we we, we know how great Wayne Gretzky is but like Mario Lemieux 1988 1989 190 points in 76 games but to me what's most impressive is Mario Lemieux had cancer. He quit in 1997. He came back for the 2000 and 2001 season, and he put up 76 points in 43 games. That on pace for a full 82 game season would be 145 points. All right, Pierce, um, unless my brain is failing me today, would you like to guess how many points Peter Stastny had in the 80s? 
I'm going to say 1,069. Holy shit. Was I close? 10 points above. Damn, 1,059? That's pretty 1059. good. 1,059. <laughs> Let me see. That's pretty good. Hey, no, that's otherworldly. <laughs> that's, that's solid, man. That's pretty solid. You know, it's interesting. You, you'd think that if Crosby stays healthy, he may come close to that in the 10s. Oh, definitely. Like, yeah. I brought up the fact that Mary Lemieux had 76 points in 43 games after coming back from cancer. I believe Sidney <laughs> Crosby. He's not just not fair. Yeah, I know. And Sidney Crosby, I believe in 2010 and 2011, was having like an all timer year. So in 2010 2011 before he got injured i believe he was hit by dave steckel in that all outdoor uh, uh, game in, against washington so yep. he had 66 points in 41 games he would have been on pace for 132 points and he would have had 64 goals and 68 assists yeah the penguins are the house of what could have been all-timers they still won three cups, which is impressive. But like, you wonder if Crosby stays healthy, if maybe they go for another cup run in there, and Mark Andre plays that each one. We just wonder where his numbers would be. I mean, well, yeah. the Mew I think is a much bigger question mark, no doubt. I mean, you know, with, uh, with cancer and everything, um, Lemieux obviously scoring at a much uh, more goofy rate than Sidney Crosby was, but. Uh, yeah, just with all the concussions Crosby's had. Um, but that was like a 10-year difference yeah. if you look at Mario Lemieux's comeback from cancer and then Sid's a uh, year before injury. Ah, fair, fair, fair. And a lot of, like, we've been robbed of a lot of players. Like, Mike Bo- Bobby Orr is probably the first one that comes to mind. Um, Mike oh, Bossy. Man. Chicago uh, even guys like, yeah, even guys like Pavel Bure and uh, Peter Forsberg, it seemed like they accomplished a lot, but oh. we probably could have seen more of them. Peter Forsberg is a very underrated one. Yeah, as, as was, well as Eric, as well as Eric Lundros. Like he was, he was he, like we always think of Gretzky and Lemieux as like the generation of talents, and now we go to the Crosby and McDavid. Eric Lundros was on that same level when he was drafted. I think he was drafted in 1991. And he won a heart, I think, in the shortened season in 1995 and then helped get the Flyers to the 1997 uh, Stanley Cup Finals where only Nick Lidstrom could shut him down. That's how good <laughs> Eric Lindros was. Yeah. And, yeah, it just sucks. Like, yeah, they, like some of these guys had great careers. Like, we got to see Lemieux win all his awards, win a couple of cups. Got to see Peter Forsberg win a couple of cups, I think, and uh, some awards. Same with Lindros and Burry. But you just wonder what they, what more they could have done with more time. And you wonder if uh, those injuries, if they were playing now, if maybe they could have uh, got a better uh, medical treatment for those injuries and maybe they could have had a longer career. But uh, it is what it is. Fortunately, yeah. it's part of hockey. Yeah, what could have been? Yeah. Anyways, do you want to get to the uh, the New York Islanders trade with the New Jersey Devils? And then we'll probably close it out. Absolutely, yeah. All right. So, New York Islanders have acquired forwards Kyle Palmieri and Travis Ajak from the New Jersey Devils in exchange for AJ Greer. Uh, I don't know his first name. Something Jobst. And the New York Islanders first-round pick. Back yeah. 
Um, I was gonna, I was about to say Steve Jobs, and I'm like, no, that's not. <laughs> but so they also get a 2021 first round pick and a conditional fourth round pick in the Steve McJobston, yeah, noted hockey player apparently. And uh, New Jersey retains 50% of Palmieri's and Jack's salaries. So I'm trying to look up the condition for the pick. Uh, it just says conditional fourth, uh, whatever. Um, it might be if like they make the conference final. I don't know how they put. I think again, I think it's a good trade for both teams. Both teams got what they needed. It's it's a very Lou Lamarell trade. <laughs> the fact that you're trading away a first round pick, but you're getting probably a couple players that they could sign long term, kind of like the trade last year with uh, JG Pajot, which is you know they give up a bit a lot of for him, but uh, they did get him signed long-term. I doubt they will be able to get like Paul Mary and Zajac for as long-term and as much money as Pajot did, but maybe they could sign them for a few years there for a few million dollars if things works out. Um, I'm Kyle Palmieri, surprised that they got him as cheap as they did. I mean, I don't know how good the prospects are. That's the one I thing I don't know about. I think it's just for... Uh, Steve McJobston isn't good? No, unfortunately not. Oh, that's unfortunate. Well, at least from what I know, maybe he's like, yeah, tearing I, up chill right now who knows i don't know i i honestly think uh i i like the trade a lot more for the islanders um i i mean that's a team that i uh, really need some goal scoring um and paul mary um obviously someone who i think jay fresh put it really well um he's a calorie free scorer um he's been he one of the get, most consistent goal scorers in the nhl for the past like five or six years now yeah he's been he's had 20 goals or more and i believe the uh last five or so seasons and you know one of those being uh, cut a little bit short from uh, from covid so yeah i mean you get a very consistent score on paul mary guy who can play really I, I would say anywhere in your top six uh you know Hopefully power play with, uh, barzell uh, oh that's gonna be nasty yeah but uh and, they're gonna probably gonna play matt martin and leo Komarov alongside of barzell because barry trotch always makes it work um but, yeah i mean you got um travis ajak i believe he would he wouldn't be your is Barzell isn't is he still playing center? Oh yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, so JG Pajot is still playing center too. He's definitely a depth center, but again, that's the most Lou Lamarol thing. Just acquiring Travis Ajak because I'm pretty sure he's drafted him. <laughs> Jersey all those yeah, hey, he was Travis a Ajak is your third line center is not bad at all. I mean, you no, it's center depth, know, so that's that's awesome. I believe uh, center depth is uh, Barzell, Nelson, and Pajot. So you might even put their fourth line. Nelson's center. a center, yeah. I think he does play center. I don't know, but like either way, he does. as a bottom, as a bottom, I think either way he's gonna be play, playing bottom six center. So no matter what, I think that's a, like a good player to have in your bottom six, especially as a center. Absolutely, yeah. No, that's I, I completely forgot. I completely forgot that Pajot plays center as well, and especially Nelson. No, I like that trade a lot more now that I think about it. I honestly, I think that I think the Islanders. Well, obviously, you know, you don't really come out a winner unless you win the cup, but. Um, I mean, I don't know, man. I think that that that's, I think that's a pretty damn good trade in terms of value. Um, I will say though, um, uh, fuck Lou Lamarello. Um, I'm so tired of the beard shit. Oh, uh, I was just gonna bring that. I wanted to rant about that. It's so fucking stupid. Like I, I understand Lou. He's a noted beard lover, by the way. Beards are amazing. If you don't have one, uh, buy yourself one. They're great. But uh, yeah, go on about your rant. I, I, uh, that after, but yes, it's just. I understand Lou Lamarell is from a different time, but I believe 
you got to adapt with the times, man. Like, it's so stupid. This league, we want to market our players. Like, just let them be their their selves or themselves, whatever <laughs> correct terminology. But the fact that they can't grow beards or have, like, long hair, it's just so fucking stupid. It's from a bygone era. I'm tired of this shit. Just let the players be themselves. And, I'm, and again, Lou Allenroll, he's an old fart, but uh, he, he knows what he's doing. But it's just, come on, man. Just let the mm. players be themselves. Mm. Fucking tired. Uh, he knows what he's doing to an extent. Uh, I, I would say a lot of that I give to Barry Trotz. Um, and you, it's oh funny. yeah, definitely. Isn't it? I bet you. I bet you. Basketball fans look at us and they laugh their asses off because oh, we have to say, we have to say about having a beard. Let the players be themselves. <laughs> But the players have See, fucking especially when you put it like that, it's just so fucking stupid, so to backwards. Us, this so... is so this oh, is man. normal because we're hockey fans. But if you take away the fact that it's hockey, it's the most ridiculous thing in the entire world. And honestly, wouldn't you think that an older an older guy would you know, wouldn't you think of it as like I'm sick of these clean shaven baby face boys where, you know, bring back the beards and, you know, the lumberjacks and, you know, when people could actually, you know, fight every shift and, and all that crap. It's uh, it's kind of surprising to me that he, he wants it the other way around. The long hair part I get, that's very boomer-esque. But, uh... No, I don't get it. It's fucking stupid. But, uh, I mean, that's the difference between boomers and I, I guess. Someone put it very well. I mean, at least the bad ones, right? And, uh, someone put it really well. It's just so control freak. It's so... It's, it's so, so extra. Why do you have to be like that? Just let them there's this fucking go their funny stereotype that it's just funny stereotype that Lou Lamorell is like the mob boss, just from the demeanor he has oh, and yeah. you know the look he has. <laughs> but he's honestly, it's that's some of the most insecure inner child kind of bullshit ever. Like there's nothing, there's nothing manly or scary about that. It's more just pathetic. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just. You're just like, Thank God for Barry Trotz making that team as great as it is because, man, if he was not there, oh, man, I, I would have nothing to enjoy about watching that team ever <laughs> at like, all. Oh, the Islanders are a fun team to watch. Like, they're very good at really? high, da- high, high danger chances. Like, they're that's just where they a good hockey goals. team. Man. Yeah, they're a they're good, good hockey, hockey team. team. Like, honestly, it would not surprise me if they won the Stanley Cup. Like, no, no, Varlamo's playing out of his mind, and that's a solid defensive core with a a forward core that isn't the most flashy at all, but it just it gets, very, the the one that gets the job done. That's what the yes. island, it, like that's that best describes the New York Islanders. And again, most of that to, credit is to Barry Trotz, who honestly might be the best a coach. Mastermind. No, yeah. he has to be the best. I mean, I, who else is it? Like, really, tell me who else is it? Joel Quenville. He's mm. very good, but the the way Barry Trotz has them playing is just uh, on another level. Well, the way I look at it is, look at the personnel. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's that's what really gets me, right? That's what really gets me. Quinville, well, I mean, you could argue. You could definitely argue. But for me right now, it's, uh, I think that, I, I don't know, Barry Trotz for me, it's just hands down best coach in the NHL. I guess, you know, maybe not hands down when you, uh, you know, when you have Quinville there as well. But, uh, yeah, take Quinville out of the picture. There's no, there's no question about it. Uh, Quinville's probably going to win second, yeah. uh, is probably going to win the, the uh, Jack Adams this year, but uh, Barry no, Trotz is see, He's going to win it because last year the Islanders were good and last year the Panthers were meh. And yeah. now because the Panthers aren't meh, it's going to be, oh, it's because Quinville coached them better. That's that's just how the silly award works. 
Yeah. And that's another interesting thing. Uh, the Olympics, uh, Mike Babat- Babcock's not going to be the coach. Who do you think is the coach for them? Barry Trotz is Nia. Barry, Barry Trotz is Canadian. He's from Manitoba, I believe. But uh, I, uh, I think Quinville with Barry Trotz is one of his assistants. Yeah. Quenville, yeah, I think Trouch is the coach and Quenville, or other way around. It's it's like yeah, yeah. those two are like at the head of things, I think. That drove me nuts. Not Quinville was I, I it doesn't matter if your coach is your team Canada. It does not yeah. matter. Put Kanye behind the fucking bench. All I know, have to like, do is put Connor McDavid on the ice and say, oh, do your thing. Go with Nathan thing. McKinnon, but then you can throw out another line with like Braden Point and Mitch Marner. Shut the fuck up. Hey, <laughs> hey but uh I'm not I'm gonna man. hate. I'm gonna hate well. I'm going to hate it except for the fact that we'll have uh, Connor Halbuck and John Gibson and you'll have yeah. Jordan Bennington, maybe. And Carey Price. Hey, Woo. but no, Carey Price waiting. will end up being, you know, his usual self when it matters uh, most. Oh, no, I'm waiting for that Mackenzie Blackwood just, like, run where he just, just gets a shot. No, 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 no. Mackenzie Blackwood's that would be a lot of fun. Or Carter Hart if he tries. Or if, yeah, if Carter Hart gets it together, then yeah. Which I think he will. He's just going yeah. through a rough uh, People... It's like every this year specifically, I don't know why, but it, it's finally settled into me that there's no reason to react to trades or to trades to players like unless they're completely established in the league. There's almost no reason to set in stone who they are, right? Like everyone's clowning on Carter Hart right now. He's twenty, what, twenty one, twenty two? 22, yeah. 22. Yeah, like, Even your categories, man. Like that's Yeah, good. he's dude, he's, he's telling you, yeah, screw from the rooftops, buddy. Um see this is this is it. This is it. Here we go. Yell your yell your shit, King. Like damn. Yeah, talk your yeah. shit, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. Manifest but, that shit. Let's go. But you know, it's it it just never fails to amaze me how we we seem to label these players as what they are in the moment every time. Every single time. And it's hard I mean, to because it's hard to Mark view big Bergeron picture. Trade. Look at every Mark Bergeron trade the last little while. Yeah, Josh Anderson's been better than Max Domi. Shea Weber has been miles better than PK Subban in every every single way. Oh yeah, I was like on the train of what the hell was Montreal doing trading away Subban? Who for? wasn't? And Who even wasn't, like it, and even like a couple years after, it's like Nashville went to the Stanley Cup final. I think Subban got nominated for another Norris, but then they have a rough year. He gets traded to New Jersey and he's kind of fallen off and it seems like he hasn't reached that level. Well, Shea Weber's he's declining still, but I would definitely say well, he's, he's a better in New Jersey, but still, yeah, I mean, he, he still hasn't right. been he still hasn't been good enough. You know, I would still he, say Weber's better than Subban. Definitely. Oh, absolutely. No question about that. Um, it, well, in my opinion, at least. But it just goes to show you that it's, it's these players are never done until they're completely done. You know? Like you said, you would call that a win for Nashville. No doubt about it in 2017. But, you know, fast forward two, three years later, and Weber's still kicking ass year in, year out. Uh, it, 2021, I, I don't know if I said the right thing there, but... um. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I just, it, it's just a silly thing, isn't it? You know, these, these. Oh, there's a tweet from Barstool Chief, and maybe I'll be petty enough to bring it back up, just for the fun of it. Yeah. Um, but uh, I remember, oh man, I think it was, <laughs> it was in a game near the end of 2016-17. Maybe, maybe in the game against the Ottawa Senators, and he tweets. Do we really miss Tabo Teravainen anymore? Oh, my God. <laughs> and it's etched into the back of my brain. 
Oh, boy. And it just oh, well. goes to show you how times change, man. The Hawks were, quote-unquote, on top of the world then. And uh, one year later, <laughs> you sure want table to revive. You're not even in the playoffs yet. You're not even in the playoffs. playoffs you, were, you had Pick one of the 10. most embarrassing losses in the playoffs in NHL history. Yeah. And you gave up one of the best Russian players in NHL history for, well, again, fast forward a few years later, uh, not really much anything. Hey, come so, on. Nikita Zadorov is tall and stuff and a former he, first round. He talks player. shit, dude. He talks his shit. I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, he protects his goalie. He taught, he lets his nuts hang. Talk your shit, King. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, de- he definitely does do that. Do you and think, hey, first round pick from the Jets? So I was going to hey. say, if we get a first round pick from the Jets, does that Brandon Saw trade look better? It, it looks better. I mean, uh, <laughs> a first round pick for Brandon Saad, I mean, that's not. I don't think that's a bad trade. So, I mean, if you can kind of uh, – Bowman can redeem himself. If you can get at least a first-round pick for uh, Zidorov. No, second, third is fine for Zidorov. But if that know. happens – but think about this, though. The, if if they are able to get a first, that makes you wonder what – there's something that these GMs are seeing in him that we aren't, and that maybe that's not even just size because – I don't know, man. Like, that's – it's really weird. Like, that's just a guy who you really wouldn't expect. I mean, even Bowman, it just didn't seem like a player he would go after at all. And, um, I mean, if the Jets really do end up giving up a first-round pick, it just makes me wonder, is there something that these GMs seem to find in him that uh, that we don't? Maybe there's something behind the scenes. I don't know. But maybe he's got that hashtag leadership. Maybe the, Imagine uh, if he he's... was Canadian. Because everything oh. he's got everything going from he's a former first-round pick. He played for the London Knights. That which, uh, <laughs> yeah. And, he, again, tall guy, played for the London Knights. He's a defenseman. And uh, you wonder if he's Canadian, if uh, how much like how much more like teams are going looking after him, you know. If he was Canadian, he would have been traded to the Jets for a first uh, prospect by now. Oh yeah, he'd be like with Logan Stanley, like what they have right now. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, um, so <laughs> the New York Islanders trade uh, with the New Jersey Devils. What would you grade that? I would say, honestly, I think. The Islanders, like, I think that's it's, a, a, it's that's, a B for the Devils. It's fine. Yeah, they got a around. they got a first round pick. That's not bad, but you didn't really get anything else like significant. No, you know, I, I I they should have at least gotten a first and a prospect. Yeah, you know, or I like a that's, prospect, just like a wild card, kind of like a Borgstrom, just like take a shot at something. You know, they, no, I, I mean I don't know. I think you should get at least a just at least a solid prospect, somebody who is on the rise, not even a wild card. Maybe even I take mean, like a shot was, at Mike Caldwell Call or something or Keith Fairbellos. Your big fish, yeah. And you gave up Zajac too, and you got a first round pick, a fourth, and a couple of guys. Uh, uh, I don't think we're going to amount to anything. Yeah, yeah. No, I definitely so, think like just looking at it more, I think the Islanders definitely got the better end of that deal, especially if they signed like the fees at cheap. Yeah. Um, I dude, like, it's Lou Lamorello. He's going to sign Zajac for like like five years at five oh, mil. Yeah. Come on. You know, I mean, come on, uh, but like Paul, Paul Murray, he's probably going to like let go because he's not a Matt Martin or Leon Komarov. You're right. And you might want to grow his beard back. But, out for that. Yeah. Um, but Islanders, I think that's like an A minus. I'd say, I don't think it's like a perfect trade, but A minus, like that's still really good for them. And I'd say that's like a B plus for the Devils or something, you know? I still think it's a B. I just, no, no, man. I don't know. I just, don't, I just think it's so 
Because you yeah. know the Islanders are probably yeah. they were, they went to the conference finals last year. They're probably gonna. I imagine they have at least a shot at that again. So that pick is gonna be like the high twenties. You know. Mm-hmm. So. No, oh, I would think so too. So I just I just don't know if the Devils are really getting anything of value. So. Uh well, I don't know. Do you have anything else, Dad? I can't say I do. No. Yeah. So. Trade deadline, uh, we're, co- we're recording this on Thursday night, uh, obviously right after the Blackhawks loss. I'm going to run this tomorrow, Friday, well, today, as you're listening to this, Friday. Um, it's interesting how time works like that, but... Um, Flat circle. Yeah, yeah, uh, you know what they say, but... Yeah, so the trade deadline is on Monday. Um, we're definitely going to see some big trades. Hopefully we do see some big trades. Don't say definitely because uh, we say it every year and uh, every year. I think we'll happening. see a few. It's not going to be crazy, but we'll definitely see a few. Um, oh, just a lightning round type of question. Uh, if Gatamark does get moved, who would be your uh, first guess? Not the Islanders, obviously. Anymore. Definitely not the Islanders. but uh, Not like St. Louis. You know what? I think it might be Colorado again. Interest. Oh, no, I like that. I like that a lot. Because uh, I think Elliot Freeman was on the uh, the Blackhawks talk podcast, and he said that Colorado might be a uh, destination for him. Mm, I actually like that a lot. Well, it's, I can't wait till we get uh, a pack of bubble gum for him. Thank you, Joe Sackick. Uh, in that, might, that might even be being friendly, man. Like, that's, <laughs> that's too much. Um, maybe another team, the uh, the Washington Capitals. That's what I never would have thought of, but uh, it makes sense. Washington Capitals are depth, kind of a sleeper team. They give up a shit ton of goals, but uh, they do score a lot. But uh, they, they let up a shit ton. They score a fuck ton. Yeah, they're they're I almost like the those. the 2010 Washington Capitals, where Ovechkin had like 50, like almost 60 goals, and Mike Green had like 30 goals, and back from oh like God. <laughs> you remember that? I do. Well. Sort of. And then they lost in the first round to the Montreal Canadiens in seven games because the Yaroslav Halak goalie. Yes. Still good, by the way. Yeah, he's uh, unfortunately he's got COVID. Hope he gets better, but uh, he's like oh, a, he's still a, a good that. backup. Yeah, yeah. Boston's playing, I think, Jeremy Swayman, and I think they won again today against Wait, the Capitals. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Who is that? That's that's an NHL Rio okay. player. Okay, again, like we brought up, we always bring up the fact that uh. Pittsburgh is just this team that makes players out of nowhere. Dude, Boston, they just brought up, like, Darth Vader and then Jeremy Swayman. <laughs> it's still a game. Yes. It almost kind of reminds me of, like, it reminds me of Vegas in their first season where Fleury got injured and they just played every goalie. And they went to, like, their fifth-string goalie who was playing in the WHL, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, and they just ripped him right up on an emergency basis, I yeah, believe. I think, yeah, he's playing in the WHL and they had to call him, like, we need you, man. Yeah, that was a season for sure my god well right. i think that's a good place to end it um I, uh, I don't have to talk to you anymore yeah yeah i know that's that's the best part of this we don't that's what i was thinking jimmy until until monday where we have like a seven or eight hour uh, live stream where we have I to pretend to like survive that dear god dude do we both die on uh, camera maybe well tune in to find out ladies and gentlemen anyways <laughs> <laughs> Great singer. Hope you all are doing well, staying safe, and uh, wearing masks, washing your hands, all that stuff. So uh, for Pearson and Jimmy, take it easy, all. And the next time we'll see you, hopefully we see a lot of uh, big trades.